0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Picholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Picholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well, and we are officially now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK show, Tyler and I react to the news of Magic Johnson stepping down as Lakers president of basketball operations as it broke in the middle of recording last week. Also, the subsequent mutual decision to part ways with head coach Luke Walton and everything that comes with trying to find a new head coach for the Lakers. We also share our thoughts on Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade's last two games, as well as going over everything that happened in the first weekend of the NBA playoffs and what's in store for the rest of the postseason. To close the show, we talk about the impact of Tiger Woods winning the Masters, his first major tournament in 11 years and the fact that it was his 5th green jacket all right let's start the show welcome you to the sports kingdom sports kingdom days kingdom sports kingdom sports kingdom has kingdom sports kingdom sports kingdom sports kingdom 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 uh, pretty crazy everybody thought that with LeBron not being in the playoffs uh, there wasn't going to be much excitement towards uh, the NBA playoffs this season but I mean I've been completely thrilled with what's been happening uh, I think we've gotten a lot of great basketball Uh, so
1: yeah no I mean I think the playoffs are always exciting just because there's competitive there's competitive rounds and competitive matchups all the way through even though you know I think Golden State's for sure favorite the east the east is up for grabs yeah um and all those little series there's always little stories you know throughout each series so i'm never one to be uh you know not excited for the playoffs i don't care if every star player's out
0: yeah so every series has gone through the first two games let's kind of just set the set the scene real quick uh, the Warriors and Clippers are tied one to one in the one eight matchup. Rockets are up two to nothing on the Jazz in the four five matchup. Uh, the Trailblazers have a two to nothing lead on the Oklahoma City Thunder in the three six matchup. And then to close out the West, the Nuggets and Spurs are tied one to one in the two seven matchup. In the East, we got the Bucks up two nothing on the Pistons. The Celtics in the four five matchup, or yeah, the Celtics in the four five matchup against the Pacers are up two to nothing the Sixers and the Nets who are currently in game three uh it's a tie tied series one to one the Sixers are up 65 to 59 right now at halftime of game three and then the Raptors and Magic are both tied at one in the 2-7 matchup in the east Uh, besides Philly and Brooklyn the other two games tonight uh our game three between the Nuggets and Spurs, which has already started. Uh, that's currently six to th- three Spurs and Nuggets. So that's just starting. And then the 730 matchup tonight uh, on Thursday is Warriors Clippers, the first game at home for the Clippers after that 31 point comeback uh, in game two. Uh, and like we said, that series is tied one to one. Now, Let's take it back for a minute to the first day of the playoffs because uh, there's a lot of unexpected stuff uh, that happened on the first day of the playoffs, and I think uh, it's really been a testament to, to what these playoffs and what this season has been about. Uh, a lot of unexpected things have happened uh, throughout the course of the season with uh, I think Giannis taking another step forward uh, even further than a lot of people thought. James Harden had the, the record-breaking year that he had Uh, but also teams like the Magic coming out of nowhere, the Nets coming out of nowhere, both winning their first games of their series on the first day of the playoffs. Uh, I think that was pretty big for both of those franchises.
1: Yeah, the the Magic and the Nets were the first two wins of the playoffs. So I think if you were to propose it uh, to anybody in the past, saying that the Magic and the Nets would get the first two wins of the playoffs, they'd probably think you didn't know what you were talking about. (laughs) And they get, and they got the dubs, so uh, it was a great first weekend, uh, and then it, and then all the game twos w- were pretty good as well. There isn't, I mean, the Bucks are have been pretty dominant. Um, yeah, in their series, it's
0: it's tough for and it's tough for Detroit though because Blake was ruled out for the entire yeah. series. It's yeah, it's, no,
1: it's and it's not necessarily a, you know, it probably was it wasn't probable that they're going to win even with Blake Griffin. Yeah, so it's not. I don't I don't lose any uh, respect towards the Pistons for, you know, for that because I don't think they would have beat him even if they had Blake Griffin, um, but yeah they're kind of the only ones that are are getting trashed right now. Every other series is pretty good even if they're two zero, um, but hey the the Clipperinos, Clip show baby they. Uh, I gotta get I gotta give credit
0: where credit's I due. I don't
1: know they I, that game was insane. I watched that game and and. So I mean that was definitely one of those games you turn off. That's how, that's how bad the game was. Well, and I mean I think the whole downturn for the Warriors all started with
0: Boogie getting hurt, and I think yeah. that's
1: – yeah. But the the Warriors don't get any. They don't get any. You know.
0: No, they don't get any excuses. Yeah. But I mean,
1: they don't get any. Like Boogie gets the sympathy. The Warriors don't really get the sympathy. No, but I it think just sucks because they're gonna win it without him. So exactly. I'd, ra- I'd rather. I'd rather him get the ring like and actually like play for it and actually get you know finally get his big contract that he's never going to get now
0: yeah probably not
1: i mean i think him and isaiah both neither one of them ever going to get their big contract
0: yeah but i mean even with boogie uh, boogie going down i think it still makes the warriors more dangerous because now they really have this fire lit under them i think they're going to win by 30 tonight
1: yeah, it's going to be tough sledding for the Clippers uh, these <laughs> next three games, I, I, I agree. I think the Warriors are going to. This is just problems for the rest of the, rest of the league. Yeah, for the rest of the West on the w- way through, because I think now they're like they're woken up. They got to take shit seriously. They got to close strong. They're not going to take their players out early. Yeah, they're, no. they're probably going to finish you know further into the game than they normally would. Um, but Clippers, man, I don't care. They, their season's just ta- – that was like the cherry on top. Their season was already such a big success for them to win one in, in, in Oracle in the Oracle's last playoff. Room, yeah, that's that's pretty big for, uh, for the Clippers. I think they weren't expected to be here. They weren't expected to do that. So I mean, I thought
0: I thought realistically this was going to be a sweep, like 4 nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I did too. Everyone did.
0: But in, in game one of this uh, Clippers-Warriors series, Steph made some playoff history by breaking ray allen's playoff three-point record and he did it in 80 fewer playoff games yeah which is not remarkable
1: just, yeah it just shows the it shows the era and the style of play more than the the ability to shoot because i mean i think ray allen and reggie miller are as good as shooters as anybody it's not necessarily like stuff's a better shooter than them although he is as good of a shooter for sure if not better yeah uh but he plays in a game where they're shooting twice as many threes. So exactly, I think Reggie Miller and Ray Allen would be pretty scary if they were coming to the league right now.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, look at what Steph and Clay do.
1: Yeah, Clay Clay is like the closest one to them as far as being just being an off-ball scorer.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's go back though, because we forgot to mention about the Nets and the Sixers series in Game Three. Joel Embiid is not playing in the game. Uh, because he's still dealing with that lingering knee injury that he was a, he was able to play in the first two games, uh, but he, he played pretty limited minutes, and he was pretty limited in terms of his movement and mobility on the floor. Um, do you think that has a big impact on Philadelphia, or do you think they have enough yeah, weapons? Yeah, definitely. They
1: have to have him to close series out. Um, they could... I mean, this is the series I want to talk about the most <laughs> uh, just because I, I'm just like I was such a I'm such a hater on the process. Um, I have a, I love Joel Embiid. I think he's the best center in the league. Yeah um but Ben Simmons is my least favorite player in the league. Yeah. So there's a you know uh, outside of you know there's a couple players I like. Like I obviously like Jimmy and I like Tobias. Yeah. But I hate what they went and they made their uh, franchise go through. So I had a would you rather would you rather be a Sixers fan and go through that process and have your team mm-hmm. you know be where they're at. They're tied 1-1 with the Nets. Mhm. And beads out, mm-hmm. you know they've dropped one in Philly. Or would you rather, you know, beat the Nets right now, living through the uh, Prokhorov or Prokhorov? Prokhorov, or yeah, yeah, uh, you know, living through his five-year plan. And that's, that's see what, a, why I think this, why I thought this was so good. That's
0: no, that's a really, that's a really crazy hypothetical to to throw out there because it's two pretty different. It's completely different. Two different theories on the same type of tanking
1: process well what it was was like you know there was a five-year the what i liked about the five-year plan and why i why i'm so happy that the nets got one in philly and probably going to get a second game i don't think they're going to win this series mm-hmm. especially if uh Embiid plays if Embiid doesn't play then maybe they have a shooter's chance yeah um but it's like they went all out to win and it just didn't work out you know what i mean in year in in year two you know, they get a Gerald Wallace. Um, they have Darren Williams. And then, you know, in year three, they go out and get uh, Joe Johnson. They, get, they already have Brooke Lopez as well. And then year four, they go out and they get KG, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, Karolinko. And I know that this didn't work out, so it's, it, it's hard to kind of, like, compare. Mm-hmm. But rather than just the team not try, put out a terrible product, and, and think that that's going to get them a championship, this team actually went out and tried to win one. And yeah. it just didn't work out. Yeah, they put. Um, and now, now after all that, so like after the dust settled, Nets tried to win. It didn't work out. They are back, t- and now they're back, caught up with Philadelphia, who has been tanking ever. I since. wouldn't.
0: I wouldn't see. It. Here's the thing, though. I wouldn't say that Brooklyn is as caught up as Philadelphia, just because I think that their players are older.
1: No, but as of right now, yeah, as, as of a, today,
0: as, yeah, as of today, they're in the same spot.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean. I and still think though, just that one day, that one victory was like all the that, that I think really mattered. Was yeah. just just showed like, I just hey, it's such a trash process. <laughs> that is such a tra- that is like no, such a distasteful was, way to win a championship. And, it
0: was, and they did it so blatantly.
1: Yeah, and it's just like it, I just don't, I think it's destined to fail. It's like karma will not let this happen. You cannot like it is so messed up to the fans. Uh, and the fans are why I really think that it bugs me because for years, you put out just a trash product. The Nets maybe put like maybe tried to lose one of those five years, maybe. you know what I mean? that like now the the year or two before that, they were pretty bad too. Yeah, you know that's when they had like a twelve in season or whatever. Yeah. But that was before the five year plan guy came in and owned it. Well, and. You know what I mean? It wasn't putting your team through five years of losing and then, you know, trying to just stockpile draft picks. And now it's just like, now what are you going to do? You know, you got to win a championship or bust.
0: You know, you know what's interesting is I think a lot of, of where your perspective is coming from from this is how the Seattle fans were treated when the whole move was going on because they
1: well no one talked about that one that was exactly. never like mentioned it's never in the tanking it's like when people talk about tanking because teams. they did tank yeah they've 100 tanked yeah and he is and he is basically referring to, I, I get on this rant quite often where i try to tell people what happened and the the three years uh for three years the supersonics draft picks went uh robert swift Mo, uh johan petro mohammed Sine. Sinead, so I don't even think, I don't know if he ever even made it to the league. He might have, but all three of those guys were trash. And then the three years after that was Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. And uh, why those years are significant is because, first of all, there's great drafting all the way through. Yeah. I mean, Seattle always drafted well. And then when their ownership changed, those picks were those three centers that I named uh, were picked. And it's just, you know, it's something that doesn't get talked about. And they tanked because they wanted to move the team um and then you know that's how it, that's how it went down so i definitely hate tanking uh if you know i can remember when we were throwing out uh you know wally zerbiak yeah. and, and these guys uh Delonte west and all these guys <laughs> uh for the sonics and it was terrible and it's just a, it's just a bad way to win I, I think you're taking advantage of the system yeah you know what i mean and so you shouldn't be rewarded for losing Yeah,
2: no, I mean, because
1: it's a it's a fan based thing. It's a business. It's a it's your product. You know, if you could rate them, like if the better business could give them a ranking, they should have got an F (laughs) for five years. You know what I mean? That's not running a good business. You're selling a bad product and profiting because, you know, there's revenue sharing and there's kind of like a base income, you know, you're going to get, um, yeah. So it's just, I don't like the tank in. I don't like Ben Simmons. All right, so I
0: want to talk about a few more uh, of the playoff series. One that was, I thought was going to be really interesting, uh, and it's one that features two dynamic duos on both sides, Trailblazers and Thunder. That mm-hmm. series, yeah. uh, a lot of people didn't give the Trailblazers a chance because of um, – I picked the Thunder. Yeah, I, I was going to pick the Thunder too, but uh, – I mean, the
1: Trailblazers have just come come out to try and prove everybody wrong. And that's what they do. That's uh, just kind of like Isaiah Thomas. Um, they just always, always prove you wrong. I mean, I think that they just – that's what they make a living. They've got a huge chip on their shoulder. you got two small school kids. Yeah. Um, NBA superstars that play in Portland uh, get no love, you know, as far as like – CJ McCollum's The never, NBA gives them love. The NBA gives them love. Like – CJ McCollum's never made an all-star game. Yeah. Which is insane. You know what I mean? Like that. And, and, you know, Bradley Beal is making all star games. And I think at the end of the day, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, sorry to take another shot at Bradley Beal. Cause <laughs> he's a great player, but that's the kind of shit, I, you know, he plays in the West. Yeah. Um, but it's like Lillard got first team all NBA. He gets love from the NBA, but I just think like the masses don't give the Blazers yeah. love and, um, those, those two alone, I think more so Damian Lillard j- can just carry a team by himself. Yeah and on the
0: on the other side russ and paul george paul george is obviously not healthy
1: yeah and it's like you know playing in portland's also tough uh both, yeah both these teams have great home crowds so i could easily see it being two, 2 two at the end of this even though paul george is is probably hurt but uh yeah i mean the thunder aren't gonna be a threat to you know i didn't think they were. They weren't going to be a threat to win two series if they don't have a healthy Paul George. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I thought they had a threat at winning two series and getting to the Western Conference Finals, but if Paul George is anything but like ninety percent, that's probably not going to happen.
0: Yeah, C.J. McCollum has a has his own podcast, and I'm I listen to it pretty often. And pull up or whatever. yeah, the pull up podcast. Yeah. So I was listening to the latest episode where he was talking about uh, the the first two games of the the series with the Thunder. And he brought up the, the cliche that everybody knows with the NBA playoffs is a series really doesn't start until you get a road victory. Yep. Uh, so that was what CJ brought up. And it's,
1: he mentioned that, like, the locker room knows that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they got to know that. It's just smart to have that mentality. Yeah. Because you could also look at the numbers and the numbers say they got it wrapped up. 100%. I think it's 93% plus. Yeah, if you're up 2-0. If you're up 2-0, you, the, you go on to win a seven-game series. So. You know, I think that's just a smart, you know, professional athlete mindset is like it's never done until it's done. Yeah. And you know, the the Thunder have uh, you know, they've blown leads themselves so they're going to come back fighting and Oh uh, yeah. And they and they can play so they can easily win two at home and then you know, you're talking about a three, well, I mean, a three-game series. I mean, yeah, they home.
0: have to win they have to win these two games at home. Mm-hmm. But something that a lot of the the big uh the big talk shows and debate shows on TV and radio uh, have been talking about uh, the comparison between Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard, and I saw an interesting stat. Now, back in January, Russ and Dame, uh, it was caught on video uh, in a regular season matchup between the Thunder and the Blazers. Uh, they were talking some trash to each other, and you could you could like visibly see uh, and read Russ's lips on one of them, and he's basically saying, like, I've been busting your ass for years to Dame. And since that game, the Thunder and Blazers have played four times. In those four games, Damian Lillard is averaging 35.2 points per game, 6.2 assists per game, five rebounds a game, 2.2 steals a game, shooting 46% from the field and 40% from three-point. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, if you were starting a team, who would you rather have, Russell Westbrook or Damian Lillard?
1: Oh, man, that's tough, but for sure I'm going to go with Russ. You're going with Russ? Yeah, I'm going to go with Russ. Although, I mean, Lillard's a killer, so he has, you know, Lillard's one of the five guys in the league that are, is like a bona fide killer. Yeah. It, like, I'm you know, so torn can, with can, this question because I love put, both players. He can put, put teams away by himself, just like, you know, just like Steph and Kyrie and KD and, you know, all these clutch players. Um but, no, I got to take Russ because I just think that he does a little more than Lillard does, uh, although Lillard can extend the core, like I said, and he, he, can, he can close a team out. I think, you know, Russ, just having Russ and four other guys, you're going to be competitive throughout the whole game and throughout the whole year. Yeah. So um, I think Russ just does a little more than he does, uh, that Dame does. But Dame for sure had a fire lit once he heard those words come out of Russell's mouth. Oh,
0: 100%. Yeah, because I mean, Dame is the type and of player. And there's not really a right answer. So, no, there's you know, not. You're
1: because... good. You're good either way. But uh, I'm definitely taking Russ. Yeah, oh, man. I
0: yeah. think I think gun to my head, I'm taking Russ. But it's like it's so hard for me to not pick Dame.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, Dame deserves all. That's the issue with Dame is he's like he is an elite point guard, just playing with bigger names during his time. So people like Steph, Kyrie and Russ are always going to get kind of the nod before him just because they've their names and their and their team accomplishments and their you know all that kind of shit. Yeah. But he's just as good as those guys. He's just never going to he doesn't necessarily get his his due.
0: Yeah. So the series in the West that probably everybody was picking uh the under technically the underdog in the series uh, would be the 2-7 matchup uh, with the Nuggets and the Spurs. Uh, the Spurs were able to steal game one, yeah. but the Nuggets were able to, to get away with winning game two. I still ultimately think the Spurs are going to win because they have more experienced guys. Uh, they have pop, obviously, which yeah. gives them a huge advantage. Um, but, I mean, the Nuggets, they're still the second-best team in the West for a reason – yeah, no, uh, you
1: know how I feel. I've, I've been <laughs> on this. Uh, not a huge fan of the Nuggets closing, being able to close out a series. So, and I'm a huge fan of the Spurs being able to close out a series. Um, it's twenty seven to twenty I, right now. I, I just don't care what the what happens at the regular season for the most part. If the Nuggets Spurs played the first round of the playoffs, I got the Spurs blindfolded without knowing anything for the most part.
2: Yeah, so it's
0: twenty seven to twenty right now at that uh, one and a half minute mark of the the first quarter. So it'll be interesting to see who wins that game. The Sixers and the Nets are now in the third quarter. Uh, Sixers are up by three
1: with like over nine minutes to go. There we go, Brooklyn. Win this shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I th- I like the Spurs and the Thunder as the underdogs in their series to win. And I guess technically the Rockets are the underdog as well. They're the 5 seed, right?
0: No, the Rockets are the 4 seed. The Jazz are the okay. 5.
1: Okay, so, yeah, the Spurs and Thunder are my upsets. And then Warriors, Rockets, I think, definitely win their series.
0: So you think the Thunder are going to be able to rattle off four Well, no, straight? I'm
1: just saying what, because we haven't we – haven't ta- like. Oh, my, yeah,
0: we never gave, like, a prediction.
1: Yeah, yeah, Coming into the playoffs, um, I'm just, like, telling you what I had coming into the playoffs. I got you. Um, so – and then, you know, I had, uh, I had the same four in the East I had all year. Yeah. Uh, you know, Philly, Milwaukee, Toronto, and um, Boston, so.
0: Yeah. Now, Boston, they, they were down uh, in game two. But they were able to come back, and Kyrie kind of almost – I don't want to say had his signature moment with the with the Celtics in the playoffs so far. No, but he because hit it's like the first four round. straight
1: – he hit like four straight triples. Yeah, and he – I mean, he dropped and 37. And wet. I mean, it was nothing but the bottom of the net. Uh, he, he looked good in that stretch for sure. Yeah, that
0: that was the Kyrie Boston has been expecting this yeah. entire time.
1: But he also didn't get the ball that much down the stretch. I mean, they're lucky to win that game. Now, speaking of, speaking of Kyrie hitting
0: a bunch of threes – I have a space jam theory that I want to throw out real quick. Does Uncle Drew make an appearance as LeBron's, like, long-lost uh, uncle and have to save LeBron from the Monstars like Kyrie did in Game 7 in 2016?
1: I don't know. You know, the only issue with that is copyrights. Who knows, like, what, what studios are making, you know? Yeah. But y- you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I mean, that unfortunately, I know how the business works of, <laughs> of, of like, film, so I know it probably... Couldn't happen, but that would be amazing. I mean, it would be dope if they could tie those worlds in. Yeah. All right. Now, also in the East, I love the whoever made that fake trailer for two, uh for um, Space Jam 2. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? They no. used 2K, and they made, like, a fake trailer. Oh, that's tight. That they cut no, up, I haven't they seen it. They cut up clips of uh, 2K and Space Jam, the original Space Jam. Oh, that's sick. And uh, it's pretty dope, you know. All right. You got to check it out. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. Uh, oh, it's like Draymond Boogie, Draymond Boogie, uh, Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, and because uh, they're trying to play off the. Yeah, I can't remember the original. I can't remember if it's Bobin or or not. That's funny. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then Michael Rapaport at the end.
0: Oh, that's awesome. It's great. You know what we haven't talked about though? Amir Johnson getting caught on the bench. With his cell phone.
1: Yeah, no, that's a bad look. But that that was just all on that same day for the Sixers. it was just yeah, a bad it, day oh, for them. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, who, who knows the truth behind that cell phone thing? Yeah. You know, I don't but know. But still,
0: what. I feel like there's still no excuse. Like, yeah. No, I, there's
1: there's no excuse for it. But, like, at the same time, I just don't know, like, I don't know why he would uh, decide to do that. Either and, like, but, he was, like, know?
0: blatantly trying
1: to hide it. Yeah, it's weird. You, you know they're going to see you. Yeah. Uh, What else did I want to talk about as far as the playoffs? Oh.
2: All right.
0: And this is, this is going to kind of transition into what we're going to talk about next. The Dwight Howard trade happened seven years ago. And now the Magic have won more playoff games since that trade than the Lakers.
1: Yeah, so it says D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. yeah.
0: And Lou Williams
1: by a lot. Because well, Lou was on yeah. the Rockets and now yeah, he's on the Clippers. Lou, Lou don't count. He, <laughs> he's always doing the thing. Lou's the man. D'Angelo Russell and the Orlando Magic have all yeah. outdone the Lakers. Yeah.
0: So it broke last week uh, in the middle of us recording, uh, and I completely stopped the show. And I was kind of, I was in utter shock, really. But Magic Johnson did an impromptu press conference last week. Where he announced his resignation from the Lakers as their president of basketball operations. This move took the NBA world by storm. Uh, it was a shock to everyone, including Lakers owner and one of Magic's closest friends, Jeannie Buss. This caught both myself and Tyler off guard completely uh, while we were recording last week. Uh, and it happened an hour before the last game of the season was supposed to start. And. I think it's interesting that Magic said he didn't tell Jeannie beforehand because he was too afraid to face her because if he did, she would have convinced him to stay on as uh, the president of basketball operations. I think it's very similar to the Paul George situation. If Paul George were to have looked Magic in the eye on July 1st, he wouldn't have been able to tell Magic no. So I I find it kind of interesting uh, that Magic would kind of put himself in that kind of situation.
1: Magic self-incriminated himself so much in that initial statement. Uh, he said so many things that were such a bad – like, you didn't have to say that. Like, yeah. You didn't have to say, I'm not having fun anymore. I want to quit. Well, he's I, never – You didn't have to admit to, like, oh, I I couldn't tell Jeannie Bust to her face. You didn't have to admit that, like, the Lakers coaching staff was going to be fired the next day yeah. or whatever. Like, I just feel like he said uh, – uh, everything the, his statement was just like it, it was in poor choice. it reminds me of the decision with braun it's like I'm okay with your decision it's just how you went about yeah like letting the world know it's just weird odd and, and I just don't think the right way exactly
0: like at the at the end of the day in life you got to do what's best for yourself and that's what magic is doing and I can't blame him for that but the way I mean, he it, went, the way it, he went about it was completely just, wrong.
1: I mean, it's just it's as simple as this. He was just like, oh, I think I want to give this a try, and, you know. And then he was like, fuck, I don't like this, you know. And, and, he was like, I want to tweet more, and he's just like, he, you know, he can't, he can't do anything as the, you know, as a member of the Lakers, he can't talk about anybody, you know. Yeah,
0: I mean, like just in any sort of job setting, it was completely unprofessional, and it's something that that has laker fans in a complete whirlwind of emotions and
1: i think he mentioned russell westbrook like breaking the or tying the triple double record no and he, he was ma- like no. he couldn't he couldn't congratulate him it
0: wasn't tying the triple double record it was when he dropped 2020 20 for nipsey
1: yeah and he couldn't say anything because you know because that would be tampering yeah and he wanted to like congratulate the guy yeah um and i but it's just like okay whatever all that it's just like obviously magic wasn't cut out to do it he still went about like quitting the wrong way, I think. Yeah, and he did quit. I mean, oh yeah, he he, he full he on. He quit. didn't li- li- he didn't like live out his contract and walk away. Yeah, I think he full on just quit. Um, and it's just a bad look for the Lakers.
0: I think honestly, for for most Laker fans they still love Magic Johnson no matter what because of what he means to the franchise as arguably the greatest Laker yeah, player and, ever.
1: And in hindsight, this is going to be such a small period of time for the Lakers.
0: Exactly. They, like, I've, I feel like the Lakers are, Laker fans are going to be able to He was there for, like, what, three
1: years? Three se- two seasons? Two and a half, two, really. Two and a half, three seasons.
0: Yeah, because he was hired midseason because Mitch so and Jim it's got like, fired midseason.
1: He's, he's not going to be... It remind, you know, it's kind of similar to Isaiah Thomas coach. Exactly. And shit like that. He was like, a
0: horrible front office executive, but I don't think Lakers fans are going to hold this against yeah, Magic Johnson. I'm,
1: yeah. I mean, shit, the Bulls de- like it's not like Bulls fans care about like Jordan owning another team. It's not like Bulls fans care about Gar Pax and how they're running the show right now. It's uh, it's just uh, I don't know. I just felt like it was a bad look as far as how he went about it, but the Lakers I don't think don't think are worse off. Um well, so now They can only get a more experienced person in there than Magic Johnson. Yeah,
0: so now with Magic stepping down, GM Rob Palenka uh, is still on staff and has taken a larger role in the front office uh, since the team still doesn't have an official president of basketball operations. Rob is leading the search for uh, a new head coach as the team and Luke Walton, according to the press release re- released by the team themselves, uh stated it was a mutual decision between both Luke and the team uh and basically they both said it was time to go their separate ways my theory on that is that Luke went in asking for an extension now that he knew magic was gone uh and magic was going to fire him and Luke technically had 1 year left on his deal
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh so he didn't want to be a lame duck coach um uh, but i think the team said no Uh, so Luke said, okay, I think we should go our separate separate ways since he was hearing all the rumblings of him maybe becoming the front runner for the Kings job, which he ultimately got Mm -hmm. after the Kings fired David Yeager. Uh, so I think it's going to be interesting. The three names that have come out in terms of the front runners for the job for the Lakers are Ty Monty Williams, and Juwan Howard. Uh, they have talked to Ty Lu and Monty Williams both already. I'm not sure if they've talked to Juwan Howard yet.
1: That's not a real option.
0: Well, here's here's an interesting thought. What if Juwan Howard was on the list already before Magic had left and it came at the recommendation of Pat Riley?
1: Just, I mean, I just don't think that... Uh, it's going to be Ty I, It's not... It's not anybody on the it's the only person's decision is is LeBron, you think so yeah, I think so I think that this is what you, th- this is like what happens with LeBron he kind of he blows things up uh, this happened in Cleveland, you know it happened in miami well uh you know they gotta change you gotta change things around when you get LeBron so Colin Coward yesterday uh said on his show
0: uh his radio show uh that the Lakers have a guy in place. Uh, as president of basketball operations they just can't announce who it is quite yet because he supposedly is working for a another playoff team so they have to wait until that team is out of the playoffs before they can announce it Uh, Colin also said that uh, from his sources that are telling him Monty Williams is the Lakers number one choice but he's he's also Philly's number one choice because Colin said that if Philly I don't like I think he said, if they don't make the championship or if they don't make it out of the East, um, they're going to fire Brett Brown and they want to hire Monty Williams in his place. So that would leave the Lakers yeah. with their second option, which would be Ty Lue. So therefore, your scenario
1: would work out. Yeah i i just um, I just don't see it any other way that they don't get Ty Lue. I want Monty Williams. I will definitely take any like
0: a lot of guys over Ty Lue. <laughs> But I mean, at the end of the day, I think Jeannie Bus needs to clean house. Period. I think she needs to get rid yeah, of Rob Palenka. They, they,
1: they gotta, they gotta, they just gotta talk to the Braun, and they gotta figure out what they're doing because Jeannie Bus and Braun need to be on the same page. Well, uh, co- and, or or it's, shit's not gonna work because the team will be split on lebron like pro lebron not lebron yeah the team will be split down the middle if you have it any other way than just all in with like w- this is this is the this is the reality of the lakers right now they have lebron for three more years uh and if they want to win a title with them they got to do all this crazy shit to uh help him yeah
0: so i mean it's all it all rests on genie bus's shoulders right now i think they need to get rid of Rob Polinka. They need to hire a new president of basketball operations. They need to hire a new GM, a more experienced GM that is more respected around the league and more GMs are, would be willing to work with because the rumor around the league is that Rob Polinka isn't well liked by other GMs across the league. Uh, I'm assuming that's because of how he was as an agent. Yeah. Because uh, this, this is his, his first previous to, this profession. This is his first time doing this as well. Exactly. And Matt, um, him and Magic were both rookies. I think if the Lakers hire a new head coach before hiring a new president of basketball operations, that they're doing it wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, your president of operations should have a say in in who you're getting exactly. as a coach. But the thing is, is LeBron is the president of operations. <laughs> you know, like that's really how it is. LeBron is the coach. I LeBron hate that is though. The, I hate that. But though. that's that is the reality of it. That's how it's going down. So. They need to They need to get his coach, which is Ty Lue, which I think they're going to do. Um, and then they're going to get players that LeBron wants to go with. Uh, they're going to get upper management guys that are pro-LeBron. Who do you think
0: this mystery president of basketball operations, Colin Cowherd, is talking about?
1: I don't know, man. I mean, that could be so many different – you could go so many different ways with that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like – I don't know. It's probably not. It's probably not an analytics guy. The Lakers seem to stay away from stuff like well, that. Well, no. I think this.
0: I think it might be because it, it, I think it c- I, I mean, hope
1: that's like the only thing the Lakers don't. You know, Lakers are just a big name put basketball. They. I don't think they're as in analytics as other teams.
0: Well, no, they're not as into analytics
1: as other teams. They're. I think they're they're
0: far behind other teams. That's.
1: I feel like they're a bottom team when it comes to. Well, analytics as far as like how they evaluate talent. And my hope as a laker fan agencies. and my
0: hope as a Lakers fan is for Genie Buss to recognize this now and change that with this the president issue of basketball is, The issue tire. is
1: we have a young team. So if you bring in someone with analytics, it's probably going to blow up the core. I think you got to find somebody you got to find a manager that likes the team as it is with braun and the young guys and him to have a plan to make additions to the roster now yeah i mean i don't because know because that's it's how the lakers have always done it and that's how a brawn team always does it Braun doesn't play with young players you know <laughs> what i mean lakers don't play with young players and win no it just doesn't happen that way
0: it's it's just so frustrating to be a laker fan right now
1: i mean these are tough these are tough tough years this is a long drought now i mean you're talking you're knocking on the door of your seventh season yeah you know these are uh these are, these are reasons why not to be a fan, you know, they've, they've like mismanaged some things. Oh, right? I know people, I know you people know. that
0: have jumped off, jumped off yeah. the ship already.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, if you're, if you were, you know, accustomed to winning championships all the time or being a threat and what seemed like you were making good moves all the time to not making good moves anymore and, and, you know, kind of just dropping the ball, even though they've drafted extremely well, they just haven't put wins together. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, listen, this – I mean, we said it last summer, but this is – I feel like I've said it every summer, really, the past six years. This summer is the
1: most important summer in Lakers history. Yeah, well, I just think – I don't know if it's as important as last year because their team is good as is if they're healthy. But you there's no mean? structure like it's not in the, the off, organization. The off season isn't going to help your you know your injury situation. I think the off season last year was great. I think they did all the moves they needed to do to be a playoff team. The team just didn't play. You didn't get yeah. to see that team on the court. So I wouldn't blame management for that. But
0: now that now that we realistically have like I think seven players under contract from last season, and everybody else is going to be probably new next year, and there being no some su- no sense of like any structural uh structural organization at the top of the franchise i there, think that just it, there, it's a cause is, for concern for there sure is,
1: there is structure at the top of the franchise and it's lebron james that's the structure that's your play style that's how you manage that's how you that's how you make additions that's who you build around that is where it all starts and ends i get uh. I guess I just have to accept that. That's it. Is that is what you? I mean, every single thing that you say, the answer, everything that you like are <laughs> frustrated about the answer is, it's it's everything is LeBron. The the team has what it needs to do. They just have to find pieces that are okay with that plan. Yeah, which isn't necessarily a lot of people, and not a lot of players. Not a lot of players think it's attractive to play with LeBron. Yeah, I'm sure there's even fewer coaches that think that that would be an attractive, you know destination it's not it's not necessarily fun but if you hop on board you can probably win a championship yeah no i mean listen there's a reason he got to eight straight finals you gotta yeah i mean you just gotta trust in that he's gonna be healthy that's the most important part everything else is like the lakers have to have to talk to Braun and they have to be on the same page and they have to get guys that are on the lebron train
0: yeah so i mean we'll, we'll see what happens uh, it's definitely definitely gonna be interesting to see how these playoffs play out and and who becomes available when as f- as far as when teams get yeah, knocked I mean, out. You could
1: see some crazy shit by the Lakers you know they could be making additions and stuff without a coach because players know what they're signing up for. It's well, not like a coach is gonna change the offense and the defensive like personality really with braun. It's already yeah. In set. yeah so all
0: right let's let's move on now. To
1: more likable players, <laughs> much more likable players. Basically, two of the most likable guys ever. Yeah, I think and ultimately, like no, you know, everybody loves these players if you like basketball.
0: And the and these two guys will always be connected. They had a fierce rivalry uh, in the prime of their careers, uh, and we knew that.
1: Weirdly, they just like it was. It's just a and it how was the a, storybook ends. is It was just a so quiet one. It was, it was a quiet one. Yeah, too. because it's East and West. It's not it, – ne- like, neither one of them are storied franchises. No. I mean, the, the Heat are, are one of the five youngest teams in the league, I think. Yeah. Five or six, like, newest teams in the league. So it's like – and the Mavericks don't have, like, this extensive history of winning. Right. And the so the for extensive them to, history of winning starts with Dirk. Well, and for them to stumble into the finals against each other during the Duncan, Kobe, and Shaq, um, you know, LeBron – for them, the to Celtics. Like, for them to meet up into the yeah meet up in the finals when they kind of were like not never had their era yeah. other than i mean i guess like d wade and lebron and that Heat team was that was the era yeah um so that was kind of expected but the mavericks were not expected at all to be in the finals that year no in, alone, to, in, in 2011 no yeah let alone win it
0: no but so obviously we're talking about d wade and dirk and we knew D. Wade was retiring the entire year, but Dirk kept trying to play it down, and he never really gave a straight answer on if he was retiring or not. But after Ooh. winning his last home game, uh, he announced that it was indeed his last home game. To uh, It was a very emotional speech to the Dallas crowd. Uh, and then the next night, he ended up closing out his career against none other than Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs.
1: And got 30 piece, right? uh, he
0: got a 30-piece, right? He got a 30 30 piece in his last home game. Okay. He got he got 20 and 10 okay. uh, against yeah. the Spurs in the last game.
1: No, but so Rook, you know what I would like to say about Dirk is that I think that what the way he did it is just as admirable and respectable as the way D Wade did it. Yeah. Um, just in different ways, you know. Like I I don't take anything away from the you know one last dance you know tour basically no. that D Wade went on, but Dirk did, didn't want that. And that and And that's that's always that says something to him and his personality and how he is a team guy and he isn't about himself and he doesn't you know that's just as respectable as you know like giving all the praise to D Wade that he deserves rightfully deserves right Um, you know it's just interesting to see you know their their legacies yeah and I mean don't don't get me wrong Dirk Dirk in his
0: own right was that killer but I mean D Wade is flash he. He was that exuberant, uh, energetic uh, yeah. character in the yeah. NBA during his yeah. time, and he was he was also a killer like Dirk.
1: They were two, two of the best players to ever play the game. 100%. Dirk is one of the most transcending big mans ever, if not the most. Greatest trans- international player ever. If, if not the most transcending international player ever. I mean, all these guys, all these seven-footers in the league stepping out to the three-point line. It's all because of Dirk. All these European bigs are stepping out. You know, it's all because of Dirk. His fadeaway will go down as one of the, I think, top five hardest moves to guard in NBA history. Oh. Um, because, you know, of his seven-foot, you know, body leaning back. That's, you know, he's shooting the ball at 10 feet, basically. Uh, and then D-Wade, you know, of course, you know, he's so likable. And I think at one point people thought he was the best player in the NBA.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, listen, he he has an MVP.
1: I don't think he was ever the best player in the NBA. Um, I don't I don't think he but, was uh, either because he he
0: came at the same time as Kobe and Duncan and and yeah. LeBron and it all overlapped. Oh. But I mean, listen, that 2006, I, th- I believe it was 2006, he won MVP. Yeah.
1: The same year they won the, the Finals MVP. Th- he never won league MVP. Yeah, he did. Did he? Dirk? Uh, no, Dirk won f- Dirk won season MVP in 2007. Right. And then they that- lost to the We believe
0: Warriors. Right. That it, that was the year after they uh yeah lost in the finals yeah lost in the finals
1: yep uh and D-Wade I don't think ever won it uh, D-Wade never won an MVP no, Dirk, Dirk for sure wanted MVP and deserved it yeah Dirk was one of the oh my god those those what's weird is Dirk got his championship after his run yeah I mean his prime run was so good and they, they were like mini super teams um, they were always adding veteran talent every single year. The Maver- the Mavericks were never getting in the draft high picks. Uh, they were always improving their team, always paying people. And and then like when that that Dirk you know those, that run was done is when they made that kind of like second heave uh, with Rick Carlisle in 2010 to you know yeah to make the run. So I
0: mean, it's it's just another testament to who Dirk was. Is he would always take less from the Mavericks to try and fill out the roster with the necessary pieces and the Mavericks
1: made one of the longest playoff streaks I'd ever seen in my life you know probably a top three streak ever yeah um the the Maverick Dirk era will forever like be who I see when I think of the Mavericks yeah
0: I mean listen he's he's the only player besides Kobe and Carl Malone to score 30,000 plus points with a single franchise, and he was with the team for 21 years.
1: He's the only player to play for the same team for 21 years.
0: Yeah, he broke Kobe's record.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, lots of respect towards him. And D-Wade, top five shooting guard of all time, probably maybe even top three.
0: I I mean, I'd say top three in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely right there. So,
0: But, I mean, so D-Wade's last home game, he dropped a 30-piece. Uh, he also moved into 29th all time on the scoring list in his last home game, which was cool. And then in his last game against Brooklyn, the Banana Boat crew made it out because the Lakers season had ended uh, the night before. Uh, the Rockets had an off night uh, before the playoffs started. Carmelo was off that night, he wasn't busy. Carmelo was not busy that night either. Uh, and he went for a triple double and he got it. Yeah, so did. it was it was a perfect way to to end a career for him. Uh, now that Dirk has retired, Vince Carter is now the last player in the NBA to be drafted in the nineties and he's coming back next year, which is tight. And then it kind of got thrown under the rug, uh, because it ended up being Dirk's last home game. But in Dirk's last home game on the other side, they were playing the Phoenix Suns. Jamal Crawford scored 51, becoming the first player in NBA history to score 50 with four different teams.
1: And the oldest player to ever score 50.
0: And the oldest player to ever score 50.
1: Yeah, Jay Crossover, that's who they're going to name the six-man trophy after.
0: I mean, yeah, him or Lou Will, fine by me, either yeah. way. Well,
1: unfortunately, they play against each other, so they don't – like, neither one of them's going to get it.
0: Yeah. But, no, I mean, listen, Dirk and Dirk D. And Wade, we, we say it all the time when we talk about the Hall of Fame and, and lasting legacies. You can't tell the history of basketball without D. Wade and Dirk
1: no they're uh they're like the third gen they're like the third gen now i've seen to kind of fade away yeah and to me you know they really are like i remember when you know when john stockton and patrick ewing and charles barkley and elijah Wan and Pippin and jordan all these guys walked away yeah i remember iverson and kobe and all you know that whole era of player walking away and now now it's now it's these guys and that and that's that's where they stand in history to me is 100% those, those names. Yeah,
0: I mean listen, in the last 5 years we've had Kobe, KG, Tim Duncan, Manu, Chauncey Billups, um
2: Paul Pierce. Yeah, I mean the list goes D-way, on forever. Dirk, I mean, yeah.
1: All the all the great all the greats that we grew up with. Uh, but that's how it goes.
2: Yeah. All right,
0: before we get out of here, and this is this is going to end up being my shout out uh, last weekend, Tiger Woods won his fifth green jacket and it was his first major tournament win in 11 years. It was also the first time he has ever not had the lead going into Sunday in a tournament and ended up coming back uh, to win the, to win the tournament. Now, after uh, he had won, everybody was obviously going nuts. Social media was a buzz. Uh, a lot of athletes from across sports were were weighing in and Steph Curry caught some heat for tweeting out that Tiger Woods had the greatest comeback in sports history. Now, obviously, he was part of he was on the floor when the Cavs had completed the comeback of being down 3-1, but I completely agree with Steph. I think this is probably the biggest moment in golf history, one, and definitely the biggest the best comeback in all of sports
1: it's 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 just different though because god i don't know those are all those come i mean jordan's comeback was tough too i mean listen the you red know, sox uh, the red sox coming back from 3-0 against the yankees in 4 okay boom like that right there you know so it's tough to compare these but all i gotta say is if it's just like such a wide age of sports fans know who tiger woods is now the last 15 years of people that started watching sports, they don't really know. They don't really get it. They don't understand, like, why it's, like, so monumental. Because, you know, it wasn't a question of if. It was a question of when he was breaking that record. He was the most dominant player in sports. He was arguably the the greatest
0: athlete ever at the time. Like when he was at the height, he was regarded as the greatest athlete, like,
1: yeah, he was of anybody at the time. He was for a long time and maybe still might be the most highest net worth of any athlete. I mean, he had a golf line from Nike, yeah, for 10 years when he wasn't even golfing, basically. Yeah, uh, and I just think the whole like mind body spirit was broken with this guy and he came back through it all. I mean, he came, you know everybody kind of knows the stories. It was, it was a combination of two things. I think most people would say is between his, you know, the scandal that broke out about his promiscuity Yeah. And, uh, and his, and his, and his body. Yeah. I think they happened damn near at the same time. And I think, you know, the stress on his mind, the stress in court, the stress with money, uh, putting that on your body, uh, I just think it ultimately broke all like mind, body, and spirit. I really do. Yeah. Um, and he had to rebuild all of that. I mean, he was so young and so ahead of the time that he got to. I mean, he re- rebuilt himself over ten years. Yeah, I mean,
0: he was he was at it the took him hi- ten years. He went from being at the highest of highs to to going to the lowest of lows. I mean, with the sex addiction, the pill addiction, the DUI, yeah. so, like, and I, then I, I like understand. you said, like you said, the injuries. It it's pretty crazy and so many people counted tiger woods out yeah no. so many people but counted so him
1: many out. also counted him in throughout it all l- yes which is which i think is like it's it would have been really easy to jump off the bandwagon but this is tiger we're talking about this is a whole this is michael jordan you know what i mean this is a whole nother level of like stardom this is the guy this so is many michael phelps in the pool this is the insane bolt coming out of the blocks. This is the greatest, the sports, like, ever, ever seen. Yeah, I mean. And so you, you don't give up on that. You we like, I, you know, we always knew there was a shot that he'd come back. I don't right. care if someone told me he broke his back again. It's like, all right, well, like, it sucks, but he's going to come back eventually. Dude, what I I remember, like, being
0: little, and, like, my uncle is huge into golf. He He used to play all the time, and he went through his injuries, but – like I grew up watching golf tournaments with him on the weekends when I would spend time with him, and that's how I got introduced was by watching Tiger on Sunday, and watching him win the Masters over the weekend. Uh, this past weekend was he, it was emotional. It, it it brought back nostalgia and all of that, and it
1: he was golf. A, a yeah. lot of
0: people would not know golf if exactly. it wasn't for Tiger Woods. You're
1: exactly right. A lot of people would not know golf. I wouldn't know golf. Uh, you know, you probably wouldn't know it the same even watching it with, you know, a family member. Yeah, it still wouldn't have had the same uh, effect on you. And that's what was, you know, him being golf means like he's the show. I mean, 75 percent of e- uh, people at every single event he's out are there to just watch him. I mean, he brings the show. Yeah. You, you know, you can't count him out. Uh, people love him. Yeah, and it's it's like people he, love him after his scandal. No know? matter what, people no matter always what. loved him because he was so great.
0: And it's it's crazy. Uh, it like you said, like with the injuries, like even if he has another injury, it's like I still will probably believe he can come back because golf yeah. isn't golf is an old man's game. Well, he's only forty three. He could yeah. still be on the PGA tour when he's sixty yeah. if injuries like yeah, don't slow him down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Stop
1: him. Yeah, no, it's just. You know that, and the, it's like Steph Curry. I think is right in a sense. Like, you know, not only did Tiger Woods have like arguably the greatest comeback, he had the worst collapse of all time. Exactly. He, I mean, no star has ever dropped off like him. So he. That's why, you know, in the moment, like being down three zero to the Yankees or being down three one to the Warriors, like in the moment, that's like harder to do. Yeah. But to struggle for years like a decade mentally and physically. Yeah. I think is like how do you how do you measure that? You know what I mean? How do you measure like because winning one golf tournament isn't necessarily as hard as coming back from those, but it's not one golf tournament. Exactly. This is a decade worth of rebuilding who you are as a person and as a body. Yeah. 100%. And I think what the
0: coolest part was for me watching on Sunday was all of the younger guys that are have been on the rise while tiger was in his downslide? Yeah, they've never seen tiger like this and yeah. it showed because everybody got rattled as he started started to make his push
1: yeah i mean if you're playing with him and you have the crowd it's 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 not something you're used to no 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 other golfer brings it so if you've never done it against tiger you can't practice uh, you can't practice that 100 percent. because he's the only one that brings that so you know, unless you have experience against him, you're not going to be able to prepare for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the impact Tiger Woods has on golf is honestly unlike anything I've seen from any athlete over any sport. Yeah, Like, I made sure to wake up on Sunday at 6 a.m. so I could yeah. watch Tiger play. But,
1: but it, yeah, and it's not like... And, the, you know, he didn't necessarily change the sport. He was just that dominant, that yeah. good, you know? Well, he revolutionized it and made it cool, and it's like... He made it cool. That's what he did. You know, he didn't, he didn't have to change the sport at all. No, He just made it cool that, like... There was this young kid just whooping everyone's ass. It was gonna, you know, break this unbreakable championship record, you know. And now, and and it, and you know, in 2007, it was not a question at all in the slightest. Yeah, he's breaking that. He's smashing that record. I still think he's gonna break
0: Jack's record.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people do. He's he he only. I still
0: think he will, and I've said that since he needs to. He needs to win three majors to tie, four to pass Jack, like. It's very doable.
1: But, but, I mean, it's just like that's more than most people have in their career, So Yeah.
0: But, I mean, there's there's nothing better than Tiger Woods being in contention on a Sunday at Augusta. It's literally appointment television. Yeah, you don't
1: want to see Tiger in red. <laughs> the golfers
0: don't. Nah, I do. Yeah, nah, I love seeing Tiger in red on a Sunday. So but yeah, shout out to Tiger. One a,
1: getting, that, getting that monkey off his back.
0: Oh, yeah. And one of the best parts was the shot of him hugging his son almost in like the yeah, identical yeah. spot yeah. that he hugged his dad yeah. in 97 yeah. when he won his first masters Yep. Yeah. uh so that was that was pretty dope so shout out
1: to college, tiger college dropout what up
0: yeah shout out tiger woods uh you got a shout out before we get out of here
1: yeah uh another you know probably a little longer shout out again but shouting out my Seattle Seahawks, my hometown team for yep. for paying my boy Russell. Uh, I think this is kind of, I I think there's a lot of people on the other side of the fence with, with this, um, overpaying a quarterback because you know, the, the formula in the NFL is to have an underpaid, you know, underpaid overproductive quarterback quarterback on his rookie contract. And Seattle was kind of the pioneer that Seattle was, yeah, definitely. Um, one of, one of the teams to do it with Russell Wilson, but I also, you know, I hated the way we handled Earl Thomas. And I think that to me, you know, this might be bad business practice, but to me, you get in sports, sometimes I think franchises do owe players for what they've done in the past, not just what they can do in the future. That's that's what I was going to ask you. Was. And, and so I think he brought a Super Bowl ring. Um, you have to have a quarterback in the NFL. So it's like, yeah... The formula is not necessarily winning with a high-paid quarterback, but the the formula is definitely not winning with a shitty quarterback. Yeah, like I know that's not you know what I mean. And once you start like replacing quarterbacks, you just never know. Like you never know when like when your quarterback leaves, you never know if you're going to be the Miami Dolphins or the Cleveland Browns or you know how the Dallas Cowboys. How many years is it going to be until you find the Jaguars? You know what I mean? You never know when you're gonna find that next guy. It can't it could happen the very next year, but odds are it won't. Um, and I just think that if you are gonna overpay one position in the football world, it is the it is the quarterback. So I think that Russell Wilson still gives us a chance to be a Super Bowl contender the next couple of years. And if he if he brings home a ring, every penny's worth it.
0: Yeah, I was that it's funny that you brought up like the, the overpaying and the, the kind of like the thank you contract. Uh, for, like, what they've done in the past. I was going to ask, like, do you think this is, like, that thank you deal that Kobe got at the end of I his think career? It's,
1: I think it's a mix of that and them realizing they dropped the ball with Earl. And Earl, you know. Trying to make up
0: for it now Not somehow. necessarily
1: trying to make up for it, but I think learning from their mistakes. And I don't necessarily think there was a few. I don't think it felt good. Um, but, you know, it's also a bad look for all those Lob guys because I think the team was split between oh, it definitely the Lob and then Russ and Pete. Yeah. Uh, you know, Earl came out and even said that he was flipping off P. Carroll. Yeah. Um when he got hurt. Uh so it's just like I just I'm I'm happy that they did it because Russell Wilson's taken care of. He won us our first Super Bowl ever. Yeah. He's still in his twenties. He's not or he might be 30 years old, but he's he's not thirty-four, he's not thirty-five. We're not paying we're not signing up for a guy that's gonna be thirty-eight years old making twenty-five million dollars. Uh, he's still an elite quarterback, and you know we're still trying to win. It's yeah. not we're not we're not the Detroit Lions, you know, paying Stafford, which I think that was deserving. But it's not you know we're, we're it's a little bit of a different situation. We're winning here, over here. You know yeah, what I mean? he's never he's never had a losing season. So yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm just I'm shouting out the Seahawks. I'm happy they <laughs> made the, I'm I'm happy they made that extension, and I'm happy he got paid, and I think we'll be fine. Did you
0: see the, you saw the video with him in Sierra? I did. Do you think he slept in all those chains too?
1: Uh, probably not. <laughs> no. Nah. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm stoked about it, man. I'm hey, and, and also OTAs started this week. Yeah, we, we draft so well at every other position. You know, every every guy that we've had has been under, under the radar guys. So it's just like we can get good young players to surround Russell Wilson. 100%.
0: So, all right, with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholki. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well. And we are now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK Show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to The TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of The TSK Show. Peace.